0: Today is Thursday, October 17th. Today on the Eastern Maine Sports Podcast, you'll hear about the high school field hockey playoffs that are starting soon. We'll talk about high school football, what's going on at UMaine and Huston, Major League Playoffs, do the NFL preview of the Pats and Jets game, and also we'll, we'll talk about some NFL games from last week and this week. All that more on the upcoming
1: Eastern Maine Sports Podcast right after these messages. Since 1946, Rowell's Garage in Dover Foxcroft has been a part of a community, helping generations of Maine families. Now that it's back to school, Rowell's Garage reminds you to slow down and always stop for school buses. Rowell's Garage is proud to provide school bus service for SAD68. And when it's time for a new-to-you vehicle or maintaining your current ride, the team at Rowell's Garage gives you superior service, not just during the sale, but after the sale, too. You can trust their ASC-certified mechanics to get repairs done the first time, on time. If you've been searching for a pre-owned vehicle you can depend on, you'll discover a great selection at Rowell's Garage. Come see for yourself by browsing the lot without feeling the pressure of a big dealer. And don't forget their on on-site, automatic, state-of-the-art drive-through car wash this fall. See them on Facebook for updates. You can also visit their easy-to-browse website to search for your next new-to-you vehicle. From cars, crossovers, SUVs, and trucks, find yours at RowellsGarage.com.
0: Maine Highlands Federal Credit Union now serve all of Piscataquis, Penobscot, and Somerset counties. Visit them in Dexter, Guilford, Doha, Foxtrot, Greenville, Brownville, and Keenan providing personal service and shared value. Maine Highlands Federal Credit Union, member NCUA, an equal house and lender. See you at the game. In today's Eastern Maine Sports Podcast, we're going to talk from everything from high school sports to college sports to the Major League Baseball to the NFL. We'll have it all for you today. My name is Mark Downer. With me today is Jeff Holt and Chris Lesnar. I think we're going to get started, guys, with um, some high school talk. Um, Getting getting to be uh, almost playoff season. And actually – feel lucky like is really close. The season would be wrapping up today, but the weather has caused some postponement. So the regular season will end tomorrow on Friday. Right now it's Thursday, October 17th. So uh, there's three games, I think in the area scheduled for tomorrow. And then the playoffs will be um, all set. They're pretty much set now. Uh, they have uh, um, all the teams uh, kind of locked up this spot. So there's a few things um, that are still undecided, but uh, for the most part, I think we uh, get who's going to be uh, number one through eight, um, in Class A, we're gonna go over that real quick. Class A, it's Galhegan's um, gonna be number one. No big surprise there, that's for sure. Um, they usually make it to the states. They made it in uh, many years in a row now, so we'll see if they can do it again. Um, they're actually gonna be playing. Uh, they're gonna be playing a prelim. Uh, uh, the winner of a uh, prelim game, so that's who they they'll play. Um, Quarterfinals for field hockey is next Tuesday and uh, Wednesday. So that's uh, that's. When will uh, play, they'll play actually the winner of uh, Bangor and Camden Hills. It looks like, so uh, we'll uh, see what happens there. And then uh, number two in Class A will be Mount Blue, three is Coney, and four is Mount Area. So in Class B, it uh, looks like Winslow has the number one seed uh, locked up, followed by Belfast, MCI, Old Town. In uh, Class C, uh, Foxtrot's got the number one seed. Um, Dexter with a big win over Old Town on Wednesday um, secured the number two spot uh mountain valley number three and Dago number four the only thing really undecided there is uh um it looks like uh PCHS and in orno will be six seven if uh, uh pcHs will finish six at beats orno if it's the other way around orno will finish six so if uh Orono finish uh, the number six seed there will face Mountain Valley. Number seven will um, go to Dexter next Tuesday or Wednesday. So that's about, um, we'll get more into that next week. And next week we'll kind of talk about what's coming up in the soccer playoffs too. Um, their regular season ends on uh, Tuesday. So that's uh, that's um, the high school field hockey look. Now we're going to go into high school football. And um, I want to start with the game last week uh, you were at, Jeff. Uh, quite a shootout there in Pittsfield, wasn't it?
2: it was uh and it right right came right down to about midway through the third quarter when uh uh Winslow started to pull away and uh, MCI kind of looked a little looked a little down towards the end um, but two good teams that are obviously going to make the playoffs uh, and two teams that should make it far in the playoffs and it might might be just a prelude to what we could see in the playoffs here coming up
0: yeah, they could meet in the regional final. And if they do meet in the regional final, the number one and two seed really isn't that huge of a deal because it's going to be played out at a neutral field at Hamden um, on November 17th. So that um, really – obviously, you want the number one seed because obviously uh, their opponents in the quarterfinals and semifinals won't be as strong. But um, I, I do think that they could meet again uh, come come uh, mid-November. Um, some other games that were played last week, some big ones, um, uh, Bangor, they – they've improved to three and three as they defeated Edward little. So great turnaround for a program that struggled for many years. And, uh, you know, they're kind of back in the mix. There. They're the number six in class a. So the, I mean, every, every team makes a uh, class a, but they're, they're going to be right in the mix. Won't have a bad C. They'll end up five or six. So good for them. Um, a big one in class C last week, Oceanside defeated old town. Um, and also another one, a uh, class D Holton, uh, defeated, uh, class C Belfast seven, six, um, we actually have, uh, tomorrow night on uh, HOU, we actually have uh, Holton and uh, and uh, John Baps And uh, Holton, uh, three and three, they got uh, Noah Reynolds is one of I mean, obviously, uh, David Gross from Bucksport and uh, Logan Martin from Fox got for the best players in the uh, – considered the best players in the LPC. But Noah, Noah Reynolds has to be thrown into that mix. Um, he got the only touchdown last week. He has 726 rushing he has uh, this year. And um, he has eight, eight of their touchdowns. Uh, he does it all for them. So, um, you know, he's definitely uh, one of the solid players in the LTC. And uh, looking forward to that game tomorrow night. Uh, Chris will be doing camera that one. Um, looking forward to that, Chris?
3: Yeah, that should be good. Um, Holton, like you said, got a got a really good quality win last week on the road at Belfast. They don't win many road games, and that was a big one for Holton. And BAPS uh, is coming off of a 21 nothing home win over MBI, kind of a sloppy game. But BAPS comes in 4-2, so it should be a great game tomorrow night, Mark.
0: Should be looking forward to that. Uh, Zach, Zach and I will be on the call that. And as I said, Chris will be, uh, providing the video for you. The last game I want to talk about from last week. Um, one of the best regular season games, it probably is the best regular season game I've covered in any, any sport. Um, De- De- Dexter defeated Foscar 27, 21 in overtime. It was just, uh, back and forth. Fosco had the 21, 14 halftime lead. And then they didn't allow a point after that. The defense really stepped up. They're, they're big on the line. And, uh, and they really uh, kind of just wore down Fostroft. And uh, Cameron Page had a big game. Uh, uh, Parker Pont had a big uh, big run in the first first half. Uh, Tyler Chapman t- tied things up in the fourth quarter with a uh, 55-yard touchdown run. And then he actually had the interception in overtime to, to secure the win. Um, Logan Perkins had the touchdown overtime. It was just a, a first time Dexter's beat Fostroft in football since 1988. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of motion. I, I was down on the sidelines in the second half, and it was uh, – it was um, as much motion you could have uh, on both sides for for a regular season uh, game, and uh, you know they very well could meet again in the uh, Class D semifinals and kind of kind of stuck that. Um, obviously, uh, they've got to finish two three to make that happen. Right now, uh, Fox Cross four, and they got two more big games. Uh, Matt Cook this week in a very tough one to end the regular season in Bucksport, but we'll see if they uh, you know they do meet again, and uh, if they do, it's definitely worth paying attention to. As uh, again, that was a classic. Uh, game last uh, saturday afternoon at dexter and uh um as i said I won't, won't forget that one anytime soon that's for, that's for sure so i don't know if you guys caught any of that that was on the abi last week but it was it was it was quite a game um and we're gonna go on to uh moving on now we're gonna go on to the uh college ranks and uh, kind of uh, uh chris is gonna do a lot on this segment here i do want to start with you though jeff uh chris ferguson's hurt he uh, i know he talked to you, uh, you guys uh on the morning live show on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Uh, did he sound optimistic or is he, uh, is he uh, not so
2: optimistic that he's going to play? It sounds, to, uh, he still has to have an MRI and they're still waiting for the MRI to come back. But it does sound, it does sound like right now that Fagnano will be going on Saturday. Uh, I believe there's uh, Charlton was on yesterday uh, on the drive and uh, talked about how they are trying to get Fagnano to open they're trying to open the book more for him uh he he has a little bit uh he can has a little bit of a running ability that something Chris Ferguson doesn't have so they can use that to their ability but I, I do fully expect to see Fagnano uh playing against Liberty this weekend
0: uh Chris I'm gonna go, go to you now how, how much of an impact do you uh affect that I mean obviously it's gonna be a tough game either way but what kind of impact do you think that's gonna have
3: Well, I think Pagano, like uh, Jeff said, uh, does have that running ability. And it took Richmond by surprise when he had to come into the game last week. And May lost a real tough game. It's not that they didn't play play well at all. They were without Ernest Edwards. And then Ferguson went out injured in the first quarter. So that really affected them. And Richmond really just played a perfect road game. They uh, didn't allow any turnover. They didn't turn the ball over. And they did not commit a penalty in the game, which is unheard of at uh, any level of football, it seems. Um, but that was a tough loss. It probably knocks Maine in, uh, out of any discussion for the playoffs this year. And going to Liberty this week, it's going to be tough playing an FBS team as it always is. And uh, they're on the, they're in the independent league. There, uh, Liberty is with uh, New Mexico State, BYU, Notre Dame, Army, and UMass. So they come out of a very competitive uh, independent league, and uh, uh, it's going to be very tough for Maine this week. How much of a Chris? How
0: much of a disappointed disappointment this is after uh is this after uh such a successful season last season
3: well it's just uh, you look at the roster and look at the talent and and uh then you look at the record so far this year two and four all win three in the league um very very disappointing um, many expected Maine to repeat this year and uh, unfortunately that's not going to happen just uh very very disappointing season this year
0: yeah, certainly is and uh What's going on? What else is going on? Um, you maine hockey had a successful weekend after struggling over the weekend, right?
3: Yeah, they did. Um, They played Alaska Anchorage. Um, Anchorage only won three games last year. Maine got the sweep over them, including the two to one overtime win on Saturday night. But the Seawolves last year, they were, they were 60 Division One hockey teams and they were number 60 in the RPI. So, They want a strong opponent. It's nice to see Maine get two wins. Uh, Maine is going to be going to Quinnipiac this weekend, and Bobcats are ranked number eight in the country, coming up a couple wins over American International College last weekend. So uh, if you're a Black Bear fan or a Black Bear follower, uh, I think you'd be pleased if Maine went down there and even got a split this weekend. It's going to be tough.
0: Let's go on to the uh, women's basketball team. They're uh, preseason number one. A lot of expectations there, huh?
3: Yeah, they returned three out of their five uh, starters and scorers from last year in Blanca Milan and uh, uh, Door Star and Fanny Wadling. Um, so they got some good uh, players coming back there. Uh, like I said, the three out of the five top scorers from last year. And uh, definitely the conference favorite again and uh, should be exciting. And Milan was uh, named to the uh, all-conference preseason team as well.
0: Okay, let's uh... Let's go on. And, well, let's before we move on to Hassan uh, athletics. What, anything else going on? Uh, you Humane wise, uh, women's hockey, uh, field hockey. Anything you, you want to mention?
3: Yeah, yeah, women's hockey. They um, they swept their first weekend at Sacred Heart. Like I like I told you last week, I wanted to see them play a tougher opponent uh, opponent, and they did last weekend. They uh, hosted Quinnipiac, and they lost and they tied. So, uh, two one and one start for women's hockey. This weekend they start hockey East play. Um, against Northeastern at 6 p.m. Friday and against BU on Sunday at 2. And Northeastern, the team they're playing Friday night, comes in number three in the country, and they've gone off to a 3-0 store. So we'll see how women's hockey can do when they open up hockey play this weekend.
0: Now, is that is that this weekend on the road or home?
3: It's at home. Home at the Elphon, 6 p.m. on Friday against Northeastern, the number three team in the country, and then against Boston University Sunday afternoon at 2.
0: And uh – those games are free, right?
3: Those games are free. Great, great quality hockey uh, in the men's game, of course. You can body check in the women's game. That's a penalty when you do that. So de- definitely a lot different, but it's still quality hockey, and uh, should go out and see it. If, if, if people like hockey, they would they would like to go out to the game. Too. Yeah.
0: Anything else about UMaine uh, sports?
3: Uh, nope, nothing to add right at the moment.
0: Okay, we'll go we'll go on um, move on to Husson Athletics and uh. uh Football
3: static conference play, right? Yeah, they improved to 2-0 in the conference, actually, uh, beating Curry College here last Saturday at Huston 42-40. Um, Sean Noel had three touchdowns, including 81-yard kickoff return for a touchdown to start the game. So they've started 2-0 in league play. Of course, they're now in the Commonwealth Coast Conference. And this Saturday they host uh, UME, a game I'll be at on Saturday afternoon. They're going to be playing an in-state opponent, and UME now is a part of that uh, Commonwealth Coast Conference as well. So Hassan will be playing an in-state opponent now every year in
4: football.
0: Uh, very, very cool there. And uh, so Chris will have that com today. This weekend is actually homecoming for Husson too. I know the field hockey plays uh, at six o'clock on uh, on Saturday night. Um, you know I know I know feel like he's five and five and uh, two and one in the conference. They actually uh, played two not, uh, today's Thursday. they play uh, at Bowden tonight at seven o'clock. Um, um, so that that's uh, obviously gonna be tough, tough for them tonight. Um, anything else about Huston uh, sports, uh, Chris?
3: uh just the the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team are getting set for practices uh the men just stepped on the floor uh yesterday was their, or the day before was their first practice um so they're they're getting geared up at least for practices here and and basketball's coming real soon
0: certainly is looking forward to that well right now we are going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to talk major league baseball playoffs Get, get yourself for the nfl weekend also we'll be back right after these messages
1: If you are a coach, a booster, a PTA leader, Maine Athletic Fundraising is the choice to help you make money. Maine Athletic Fundraising works with both high school and youth programs of all ages to make you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. No risk, no minimums. Call them today, 207-468-1759 or check them out online,
4: maineathleticfundraising.com. Hi, this is Elijah Ames from Ames Chiropractic Wellness Center in Bangor and Lincoln. Are you experiencing pain from sports injuries that are keeping you on the sideline? If so, Ames Chiropractic can help you get back in your game. My dad, Dr. Rick and I have been working as a team to help athletes get back to the activities they love, faster and feeling better than ever. If you're experiencing pain while playing a sport you love, come see us at Ames Chiropractic. And we'll put you on a custom treatment program, which may include chiropractic care, massage, and the Arconia laser. Have you recently experienced a painful sports injury? Utilizing the healing power of the Arconia laser, we can help speed up your recovery time, getting you back on the field. How about a concussion? Yep, we can help your recovery there, too. Don't let your pain or sports injury keep you down. Schedule an appointment with Ames Chiropractic today by calling 907-AMES or visiting ameschiro.net. Relief is in sight at Ames Chiropractic Wellness Center in Bangor and Lincoln, helping you to naturally feel and be your very best.
0: Back here on the Eastern Main Sports Podcast, my name is Mark Callen. I got Jeff Hoke and Chris Lefton with me. Uh, guys, we're going to jump right into the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, where the Washington Nationals have proven to be the team of these playoffs so far. They, uh, you know, got the wild card win, and they defeated the Dodgers in dramatic fashion, and then they just swept the Cardinals right away, easily. They never trailed. They dominated that whole series. Um, now they just wait. They wait till uh, Game One of the World Series is uh, next Tuesday. They'll play the winner of the Yankees-Astros, which uh, they get going again on tonight. Uh, they play uh, Game Four with the Astros leading two games to one. Uh, drinking Tanaka matchup should be good tonight. But um, you know, let's first start. You know, before we talk about that, guys, let's talk about the uh, Washington Nationals and that that pitching is something else, isn't it, Jeff?
2: It is, and we knew going in that it was going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially after they got out of the wild card round. A little did I know that they were going to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals. I thought that was going to be best of five, best of six, Um, but they they just dominated in all facets of the game. Uh, This this is a sneaky team, uh, a team that not a lot of people saw coming. Uh, As we all know, there were 12 games under 500 in May, and now they had a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs and winning the pennant, let alone. And now here we are right now talking about them uh, getting ready to face off in the world series. And really they're starting pitching. Everybody talks
0: about the Astros starting pitching and that's for good reason. Uh, you have Colin uh, Cole and Berlin, are the, two of the best you could have plus cranky. But I think the Nationals' pitching starting pitching is even deeper because not only do you got, You've got Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin. You've got Sanchez as your number four, who pitched almost pitched a no hitter in game one of, of the series against the Cano. Um They're kind of just loaded pitching wise, aren't they, Chris?
3: Yeah, they really are. And um, boy, it was, it was rather unexpected, to be honest with you, the Nationals to make it all the way through and now onto the World Series. Finally, going to have a uh, World Series game in, the, in Washington, D.C., for the first time since 1933.
0: Yeah, very exciting there. Now let's move on to the uh, Yankees and Astros. Where the, uh, Yankees won Game One of that series. The Astros are taking two sets. My first opinion is, and obviously well are all fans, and we kind of probably all rather see the Astros there. But I think their pitching is just too much, and the, for the Yankees to have to play the way they have to use their bullpen to win, for them to have to play four straight days if they get that five, um, Now that with that rain out, I think that's just too much for them, all, don't you, Jeff?
2: I do, and I think today would be the best chance for the Yankees to tie up the series because, obviously, Verlander goes tomorrow, and you don't want to go against Verlander down 3-1. Granke has struggled, Uh, obviously, in the big markets when he plays against the big teams. He kind of struggles a little more. It's supposed to be very windy today at Yankee Stadium, so that could affect a lot, Um, but I think, as I said on the show this morning, I, I think... This is the best chance for the Yankees to tie the series up before they have to face off against Verlander and possibly go back to Houston. But I do. I, I think they're going to take today's game and uh, clean slate going up against Verlander tomorrow.
0: Well, well yeah, and it, nothing's a must win to you get to, you know, the other team what has three wins, but this is such I mean, they're all important now this time of year, but. So important to the Yankees because, as you said, if they get down 3-1, that means they have to beat Verlander and Cole. <laughs> not, yes. just, not just one of them. They they can beat one of them, probably. I don't know if they're going to beat both of them. Quite important
3: game, isn't it tonight for the Yankees? Yeah, it is an important game for the Yankees. And um, you know, an interesting thing is the pitching. Um, definitely, with the rain out, it definitely changes things. I say, advantage Astros. Um, but I, I believe, honestly, uh, from some of the talk I've been hearing, if the Astros win tonight and go up 3-1, to one, I heard a lot of talk about them possibly doing some sort of bullpen game on Friday for Game 5 and trying to steal that game and ending the series. That way you'll have Verlander and Cole on full rest going into the World Series. Right. But
0: even even if they win it in five with Verlander, they will have Cole on Game One and, and Verlander in Game Two on normal rest. If 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 they could win that in five, even if they do use Verlander, but yes, if they if they don't have to use either one of them and they win the series in five, and then they're, they're locked and loaded for Game One with either Verlander or Cole um, on on normal rest. But yes, I I wouldn't blame them at all if they did that, and uh, <laughs> you know, because then, then you still even if the Yankees won that, then you still have to use Verlander and Cole, uh, beat Verlander Cole. The only downside of that to the Astros is. Then you lose Ver- Verlander for game games one or two in the World Series if you do get there. So that that's the that's the only downfall of not pitching him Friday night. Um, you know, to, so so there is a negative to that. But we'll see what happens. And either way, uh, the Astros are in good shape right now, but that could change quickly as we know in a in a series like this. So, um, um, and personally, you know, as we said, we want. I do anyway, want the Astros win for many reasons, but not just because they're playing the Yankees, but that would set up a classic World Series with those two pitching staffs, wouldn't it, guys? Yeah. It
2: would. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. It? Uh, it, it would, and it, it's not something you see often because nowadays you see a little more offense than you do uh, <clears throat> pitching, but you've seen a lot more pitching than you uh, th- this uh, playoff run than anything. And I, it would be one that would most likely go. I would think six or seven. Um, obviously with the Astros having a slight advantage given the fact that they're home, but even in the World Series, uh, we learned that home field advantage doesn't really mean much. So. Yeah, I think in
0: I think in baseball and hockey it means less than it does in basketball, and football. But um, yeah, I think you know I did, obviously it is a factor and, and stuff. But I I do think that you know it's, it's whoever's pitching the best and and uh, all that, but. Uh, Chris, let's go on to uh, let's go on to the NFL and let's talk about uh, what's going to happen Monday night. Um, you know, obviously the uh, Jets uh, coming off uh, their first win of the year. Uh, obviously, I'm going to say a big win, but it's the only win. So obviously it's like they beat the, they beat the uh, Cowboys. And uh, what kind of game do you expect? I mean, a lot of people still think it's going to be a easy game and it very met well maybe. But I, I do think the Jets obviously are playing better than they did the, were the first time they played. Um, what kind of game are you expecting, Chris?
3: Um, you know, I, I, I'm still thinking New England's gonna, um, win quite easily on Monday. Um, you know, obviously having, um, uh, Darnold as quarterback for New York makes a difference. And, um, I think it might be a little closer than it was, um, and when they played at Foxborough earlier in the year when Paul played a quarterback for the Jets. Um, I expect some, you know, somewhere around a uh, 10 point Patriots win a little bit more competitive than the last game they played. Pretty much that would be more competitive than any game
0: they played. Wouldn't it wouldn't have
3: Jeff. <laughs> it would.
2: And, I'm not going to give a final prediction yet because I don't, I'm don't. i not ready to give that yet, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people expected. Uh, with Sam Darnold back, it kind of opens up the offense a little more. Uh, and for the Patriots, the biggest look is the offense. We know the defense can get the job done. Offense has struggled the last couple of weeks. Josh Gordon looks a hot, uh, look right on the cusp of doubtful right now although we we're not for sure yet he did not practice today. So there's one receiver you're down. He did get Ben Watson back. Um, but the offense if the offense can consistently put drives together, they'll be fine. I do think it's going to be a lot closer than it has been. And it's going to be, I, I would say, I don't want to say it's going to be like the Bills game, but the point spread is going to be about 7 to 10, I would think.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. But, again, they played Monday night. They don't play a 1 o'clock game, as we talked about a few weeks ago, until, like, mid-December at this point. So they, they either play the late afternoon games or a prime time game. So Monday night this week, and uh, we'll look forward to that. Um, talk about what happened more next week. Um, also, next week, guys, I think we want to talk a little bit about the NBA maybe uh, getting going. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll do a full yeah. preview, but we'll, we'll, we'll look at look at that a little bit more uh, next week, too, as uh, Celtics get underway next uh, Wednesday against the 76ers. So we'll talk about that more next week, but right now we're going to move on to other games that happened last week in the NFL. And let's start with the uh, Seahawks and Browns. Um, kind of ugly game, wasn't it, Chris?
3: It was an ugly game, but in the end, um, Russell Wilson, who I believe right now is the MVP of the NFL, maybe not plays down the stretch to, uh, get a Seattle win there. And with Cleveland, um, boy, I don't know. Freddie Kitchens and that play calling. And, uh, I don't know if Cleveland's ready to have Freddie Kitchens as their coach, and I'm not really totally sure either if they're ready to have uh, Baker Mayfield as their quarterback.
0: Yeah, and speaking of the coach, I mean, you know, I understand Hugh Jackson was a not didn't have a great record. But they, are, I mean, they can't, the way they change coaches, it kind of doesn't make that appeal, an appealing job, does it, uh, Jeff?
2: It doesn't, and you know, I I kind of I I didn't like the signing of Freddie Kitchens from the day. Day one, the guy was a quarterback's coach, moved up to offensive coordinator because Hugh Jackson was fired and then Greg Williams was placed in there. I think head coaching has a lot more tasks than just a straight offensive coordinator would because you can just focus right on the offense. With head coach, you have to focus on everything else, and I think that's what's really uh, killing kitchens right now, and it's not doing this team any good, this team had a lot of hype going into the season, as we all know. Uh, Baker's struggling, and everyone else is struggling, and they really need to get something together because it's not going to get any easier because they do play the Patriots next week, um, next Sunday, coming off a bye, but it's not going to get any easier for them.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you, I mean, when you go through three coaches in two years, you get what, I mean, there's not really an appealing job to a big-time coach, and then you get somebody like Kitchen. But I do want to say this. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to be great but, I mean, but it's kind of unfair right now. Three three coaches in 19 games as in his career. I mean, yeah. Tom, Tom Brady's played, and definitely not comparing him to Tom Brady, that's for darn sure, but he played, <laughs> he's played for whatever, 20 years or whatever, and he's had the same coach. And, you know,
2: that can't be easy, can it, uh, Jeff? It, it it really can't because you're getting used to a new offense every time you get rid of a coach. Um, you're... You're switching out offensive coordinators. You're switching out all new staffs. And, you you know, Hugh Jackson wasn't – obviously we knew he wasn't the guy. Greg Williams, they were coming off of a high because they just fired Greg, uh, Hugh Jackson. So they were playing really well. Uh, could they have kept Greg Williams and just keep Freddie Kitchens on the offensive, offensive side? Sure, that probably would have worked. But I think Greg Williams wanted to be just a straight defensive coordinator. Um, it, it's hard. Because, like I said, it's you're just overturning every time. You're trying to get used to a new offense, and everything is changing. It's it's just not fair to say that he's not going to be a good quarterback this early. Like because, like you said, Mark, he's still trying to get used to a new offense, like every 19 games. Yeah, three coaches in 19 games,
0: crazy. And uh, Chris, um, speaking on the other side of that, we we're talking about the Seahawks. They are in one loaded division, aren't they? They got, um, the Niners defeated the Rams last week, 20 to seven. The Rams are three and three, but they're not bad either. And they're just in a loaded, that's a loaded division. Uh, I think by far the best in football, don't you?
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been great actually. And, uh, like I said, I, I think Russell Wilson right now, what he's done with the Seahawks and, uh, leading that offense, he's got to be the MVP of the league right now, um, uh, good, um, last minute drive there against Cleveland to get the win. And, uh, just touching on Cleveland again, uh, what you guys were saying, um, I think it's the play calling more that, um, the question was kitchens. Um, you know, Cleveland did go ahead late in that game before Seattle came back and got that last touchdown, but on the drive that Cleveland went ahead, they tried to run a wide receiver fade on a first and goal at the half yard line. So. That goes to show you, you got a 230-pound back in Nick Chubb. Um, you not handing the ball off to him, you're trying to get the ball to Beckham. It's kind of questionable, really. But um, we go on, we, we should see what Cleveland. I still think Cleveland could possibly still be a wild card team. Uh, but uh, boy, uh, boy, that play call was really questionable.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if they'd be a wild card team, but I do think they have a chance for that division because that division, my 97, has a chance to win it. I think the Steelers are still very much in that in that division, also. Um, but uh, let's talk about that Niners-Rams game, Chris, where kind of the Niners, I think, have proved. They, I mean, I don't think they're going to go 16-0 by any means, but they, I think they they proved themselves that they have to. They're seriously in contention here, obviously. Right, right, Chris?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the best defenses, obviously, right next to the Patriots in the NFL. and. Three and a half sacks against the Rams, and they held Jared Goff to 78 yards passing, the lowest in his career. And uh, uh, really, the difference maker in that game, other than the defense, was um, San Francisco's big tight end Greg Kittle. He had eight catches for 103 yards, and 49ers really controlled that game from start to finish. Yeah,
0: uh, so exciting times there, huh, um, uh, Jeff? Uh, the uh, Niners really kind of been a. I, mean, I think you picked him probably to go to the playoffs, but this has to be surprising to everybody, hasn't it?
2: It is, and I mean, I, I, we kind of expected it. They were on, they were on track last year. They added some more pieces this year. Uh, they got Jimmy Garoppolo back this year. Not saying he's the biggest part. They added pieces around him to help, um, their defense. They're kind of like the Patriots. Their defense is what leads that team. Um, uh, and it, it's really shocking. I wasn't expecting him to start. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to start out five and zero. Um, let alone, I wasn't expecting the Rams to start out the way they did either. And they completely annihilated the Rams last week. Um, but this is, this is a 49ers team that is a very up and coming young team with a young head coach that has many more years to go and has a tree that involves his father, who was a great coach. Uh, I I think you're going to see good stuff in the future for this team.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um the last game we're gonna talk about for last week is uh the Texans and the Chiefs. Uh I think it says a lot about both teams, doesn't it, Chris?
3: It does. I think Kansas City, you know, they've now lost two games in a row and uh, really uh not that he hasn't played well, but I really think the, the injury to Mahomes is really affecting the Chiefs more than people wanna say. But Deshaun Watson did what he did what he does usually and uh led the uh Texans to a game winning score and Carlos Hyde again what an acquisition for the Texans he uh, went off again for 116 yards and a touchdown and Houston really controlled that game a lot of that a lot of that game especially later in the second half they uh they outrush Kansas City 100, 192 to 54 so they really controlled that game on the, on the line of scrimmage
0: yeah you uh you uh you do that you're gonna win more win most games and uh been pretty uh, pretty impressive from the uh Texans aren't ya?
2: It was. And the biggest, we, we, we found this out the last couple of weeks. The biggest way to stop the Chiefs' offense is time of possession. And Texas completely dominated the time of possession. Um, offensively, they were great. And like Chris said, I, I, the offense for the Chiefs is struggling right now. They're missing some keys linemen. Mahomes is hurt. Uh, defense, obviously, is the same as it was last year, if not worse. Um, yeah, you you really you you really got to look out for Denver tonight. I, I this could be a trap game. I'm not saying they're gonna lose this game, but it could very well be a trap game. Mahomes is, I I just don't know how his ankle is doing. He just does not look good. He's not mobile. Um, I'm intrigued to see how he does in the Mile High tonight. Yeah,
0: I actually picked the Broncos in that game, and I I just usually I pick the home team in a Thursday night game unless it's obvious one way or the other, but. I, I think it's going to be a very tough game at denver it's tough anytime at denver especially on a short week i can't imagine it'll be easy but it should be an interesting game tonight um but um that that will start the games for this week week seven and you can see all our predictions at easternmainsports.com um let's talk about a few games coming up first let's go texans and colts uh, chris uh, briefly what what do you think about that
3: good divisional matchup that should be a very very close game and very entertaining um Colts are coming off a bye week. Both these teams just had upset wins on the road. They both beat the Chiefs. But, uh, Colts did it before their bye week. Um, I guess thing in this game that I looked at, um, I got Houston winning a close one, but um, one big uh, standout guy for the Colts that might have a big game this week is T.Y. Hilton. Um, Houston's cornerback Jonathan Joseph and Bradley Roby. They're both battling hamstring injuries, so um, T.Y. Hilton could have a huge game for the Colts. And uh, either way, either way, that, that that's not going to surprise me. This is a divisional game, and it's not going to surprise me either way. But I got the Texans when I look one. Yeah, uh,
0: Jeff, uh, let's talk about the Raiders and Packers. What do you think about that one?
2: Uh, well, the, Ra- the Raiders are uh, coming off a bye, uh, coming off from a London a London win against a tough Bears team. Bears defense uh, Packers coming off of that Monday night football win, obviously uh, the biggest thing I see with the Packers is the receiving core is hurting bad. I believe Devonte Adams, Geronimo Allison uh, fell this Scantling all did not practice today. So now you're looking Jimmy, at Jimmy Graham, too. Jimmy Graham didn't practice. I mean, you're looking at uh, Kumaro and Lazar Alan Lazard playing. I mean, it, it's going to be tough. I'm going to take the Packers in this one, but I think the Raiders can make this close. And just if you think of it like this, if the Broncos beat the Chiefs today, the Raiders are only a half game out of first place in the West. So yeah, they don't seem to they'll have something to play for. Brown. No, they are not one bit. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, um, Chris, uh, what kind of
0: coach guarantees a win five days before a game, huh?
3: yeah i don't know he said really you know he just has real confidence in his team and uh philadelphia was on a roll there before they uh met minnesota and then uh got dumped by the vikings there last week but uh some encouraging news for the eagles uh they're going to have cornerbacks it looks like they're going to have cornerbacks uh ronald darby and jalen mills back this week and they're also going to be it looks like they're going to be getting back wide receiver uh deshaun jackson who should really help them i actually got philadelphia winning a close one on the road. I'm not impressed with the Cowboys one bit. When you lose to the Jets, um, it's going to be hard to, hard to pick you in a divisional game against the Eagles.
0: Anything else you want to say about that, Jeff?
2: I, I think a divisional game, obviously, uh, Cowboys coming off a tough loss to the uh, Jets. Whether I don't know if they're going to have Amari Cooper or not. He has a quad injury at the moment. It, it, I i am not I don't really wanna pick one because it's gonna I it's tough to pick. Dallas is at home. They're probably looking to bounce off of this three game losing streak and start a new winning streak. Um but I it, it's gonna be a your usual Eagles Cowboys matchup with uh it's gonna be a very close game. I can tell you that.
3: But well, you pick the Cowboys in your weekly picks with us here, Jeff, so
2: Yeah, but I you know <laughs> I don't go off of that. You know, <laughs> Yeah. He did last year when you get him all right. But uh
3: Well that's true. That's why he's yeah, that's why exactly this he's exactly. Die, exactly.
2: Yeah, I'm not, gonna, but, I'm not gonna go there this year. <laughs> yeah. Let's go on to our highlights
0: and lowlights. Um I will start this um I will start with my highlight being the Foxcroft X game. We talked about it earlier, but um and again that would be one one that I will not soon forget and you know, I've you know, I've covered probably games that were better played. I've covered, you know, Probably better teams, uh, you know, but the atmosphere and the uh, just the whole, you know, competitiveness of that game. I mean, they were separated by just a few yards that whole game. And they kept, you know, they were so even um, it just it just it was an incredible game to cover and watch, um, you know, as again, regular season wise, top notch. I mean, I've seen more, you know, probably better, obviously, tournament games in every sport. But for regular season game, that was top notch. My um, low light again and people have a right to voice their opinion. But the, the people bashing the Red Sox owners right now before they even know what they're going to do, we're seeing the Washington Nationals team get to a World Series and they just let their, whatever, $300, $300, $300 million man go. And, you know, people are worried about, oh, Mookie, this. and I love Mookie bats and I, I do hope they keep them. But if they don't, they're going to be just fine. They, it, if they win or lose next year, it's not going to be, I mean, as much as Mookie helps, it's not going to be based around if they have Mookie bats. It's going to be, Based on how Chris Sale and the top of the rotation pitches next year, and if they pitch well, they're going to be in it. If they don't pitch well, they're not going to be in it, no matter who they got playing right field. So that's uh, that's that's uh, that's that's how that's going to go. And uh, you know, again, uh, they I prefer them to have Mookie bats but if if they don't, I mean, these owners have four World Championships. It's not like they don't know what they're doing. And uh, all here on Facebook and Twitter is you know these the incompetent and all that. But you know. I, all my life, I didn't see any world championships till these guys came around. You know what I mean? So, you know, so that's that's what I, that's what I think about that. So, so okay, we'll go on to we'll go on to Chris. All
3: right. Um, well, my uh, I'll start with my highlight, the um, Washington Nationals. Uh, there's a lot of talk, you know, um, the beginning of the season when they started 19 and 31. You know, there were a lot of rumblings about Davey Martinez possibly getting fired and. Boy, since then, they've only gone 81 and 40. Uh, that's a 700, <laughs> almost 700 clips since the start in 1931. It's amazing. Amazing, wow. amazing story. They, they now have 100 wins. They're at 171 for the season. And um, go Astros is all I got to say. Seeing Scherzer, Strasberg, Corbin, Sanchez against Burland Cole and Grinke ought to be unbelievable. And my low light would be main football. Too much talent, I thought, on the roster to not be in the discussion to not repeat as CAA champions. They haven't been consistent enough. Running game hasn't been consistent. The defense in six games still only has scored one turnover all year. That is not the Black Hole defense we know. And uh, one other low light I wanted to add was the uh, penalty call to uh, Trey Flowers of the Lions in the Monday night game against the Packers. (laughs) Uh, Hands to the face call, and the hands were on the face, were up on the shoulder pads. That cost Detroit the game because Green Bay was able to run the clock down and uh, kick the field goal to win. Um, too much inconsistency with officiating. I don't know what you're going to do, but those are my highlights and lowlights of the week.
2: Excellent. Thank you, Chris. Go ahead, Jeff. And i voiced my displeasure in the group chat, as you all know, on that day. Um, <laughs> um, so I got two highlights. My One of my highlights, I'm going to bounce off of Chris with the Nationals. Um, great team. Uh, they are in a great position to win it all. Um, everyone talking about them possibly being the 07 Rockies, I think, I, I don't think they, the 07 Rockies is a t- completely different story. This team has the pitching to withstand that, and their bats can stay hot, and I don't think a week is going to affect them one bit. My second highlight would be, I can't remember what my second highlight is now. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I'll go to my low light really quick actually so my low light NBA um, this whole China thing um I think it's it's getting a little out of hand the way the way this whole thing is handled I think it needs to be changed I think something needs to ha- happen I know uh the Chinese government came out and said that they want the NBA to fire Daryl Morey uh Adam Silver said that's not going to happen so now we got they got that going for them so yeah so that's my highlight of my low light. Yeah, just
0: uh, yeah, just feeding off that the the uh, yeah, I just think it's all ridiculous, and I don't think Maury should be in trouble one bit. I think uh, le- people like LeBron James should be just they yes. ought to get their, get their facts straight before they uh, start speaking out in public because uh, he obviously doesn't, and that's too bad. And about the um, Nationals and Rockies. Um, I, I don't think, obviously, you're right. Pitching wise, is no comparison. Obviously, I think the only similar thing there is the long layoff, and usually that does hurt teams. I heard the Tigers, I think, in 06, and hurt the uh, uh, Rockies in 07. But um, you know, but uh, but they didn't. Have, neither one of those teams had the pitching that this team has, and I think the rest probably be good for that. uh those is
2: in that bullpen. And I do, I do have one more highlight. I do. Dave, we finally remember my second one. The Boston Bruins off to a hot start. Um, did not expect 5-1, and one, uh, and I think you're going to see them go 6-1 to after tonight when they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in a big game. Tampa Bay has been struggling, trying to get back on track, and I think the Bruins are going to keep that skid going for them.
0: All right. Well, thank you, guys. And next week, as we said, we're going to be uh, kind of dipping into the NBA a little bit, kind of talked about it negatively a little bit. We'll talk about like the uh, preview, preview a little bit, the, what the Celtics got going there, and uh, we also uh, the high school uh, field hockey playoffs will be well underway by then. And the high school soccer playoffs will be uh, – um, the seasons should be all set by next week, the time we talk next week. So a lot of interesting stuff coming up. I know uh, we're going to be out to football games this Friday night. I know, I think, Jeff, you're going to be at Foxtrot Academy for the Matt Cook Foxcraft game. Chris and I will be in uh, at Huston for the uh, holton john Babs game. Should be, a, should be a good night for it, guys. Yeah,
3: it should, should be good. good. One other thing I wanted to mention, as we were talking about the NFL too, is um, you know we wouldn't uh, expect really a five and start from this San Francisco team. Uh, last time they went, last time they were five 0 was 1990 when uh, Joe Montana was the quarterback and Jerry Rice was a wide receiver.
0: Well, all right, there you go, good fact there, and uh, thank you for that. And uh, anything else, guys?
3: Nope. That's it.
0: Okay, guys, thank you, and thank you for listening to the Eastern Main Sports Podcast. Hometown Pizza and Deli, located in Corinth, is open 7 days a week from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Offering quality pizza, calzones, subs, and salads. Our food is prepared fresh daily using only the best ingredients. Visit us today for your hometown experience. Aaron Brothers Meats is a family-owned and operated business located in Guilford, Maine. We operate a local retail meat market and a full-time USDA-inspected meat slaughterhouse smokehouse, and processing and plant. The company has been in business since the 1920s and is now run by a third and fourth generation. Heron Brothers has a wide variety of meat products available, from whole, whole sides of beef and pork, roast pigs, to individual steaks and boxes of wicked good beef jerky.